I had no idea how big this topic is of dealing with conflict. All I knew was that I did not like it and I avoided it at all costs. I didn't know that there actually was a good reason why I hated conflict so much. So it makes sense that I couldn't handle the big rejection that happened um, as a, a teenager to me because I was already on shaky ground. Um, several years ago, I was at a, a healing seminar um, on healing trauma by Sandra Selma Kirsten from Naham Ministries, formerly of Elijah House, learning how to help people. And God showed me a vision that I didn't want to be born because of unresolved generational conflict. This unresolved generational conflict has not only affected me, but also family members in different ways. I forgave the sins of my ancestors for the issues that had led to the conflict and their unwillingness or inability to resolve that conflict in a positive way. Then I asked the Lord to heal the emotional, physical and spiritual trauma that I had suffered even in the womb. However, before I understood this, forgave my ancestors and received my healing, I avoided conflict at all costs. Thinking I was doing the right thing, I wouldn't confront offences or people being overly touchy when I, in conversation when I accidentally triggered one of their unhealed hurts. This is wrong for three reasons. It allows anger and resentment to build. We distance ourselves and employ avoidance behaviour and the walls go up in our hearts. Number two, we lose our peace and condemn ourselves for not having the courage to confront that person. And three, it condones or enables the ungodly and damaging behaviour of the other person. However, sometimes healthy boundaries are essential in very toxic ongoing situations. We don't have to be their best friend or see them every day. Some people avoid conflict at all costs, which leads to anger and division. Others seem to enjoy embracing conflict. If you enjoy bringing correction, you may not be doing it in love. We must work towards unity. We are ministers of reconciliation in, in Christ. Nikki Gumbel, founder of Alpha, shared, years ago I was speaking to a friend of mine who is not a Christian. He said this to me, I don't understand. You Protestants and you Catholics, you look exactly the same to me. You both have church buildings that look the same. You both say the Lord's Prayer and do stuff with bread and wine. Whatever it is you disagree about, and I have no idea what it is, has absolutely nothing to do with my life. However, whilst you are fighting each other, I'm not interested. 
It struck me then how damaging disunity is to the church and our witness to the world. No wonder Jesus prayed for complete unity in John 17, 23. And Apostle Paul was passionate that we should be perfectly united, 1 Corinthians 1, 10. So, God's way of resolving conflict is mentioned in Matthew 18, 15 to 17. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained a brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge might be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Also, Matthew 5.22-26. Anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, which is Aramaic for worthless, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says you fall will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar, go and be reconciled to them, and then come and offer your gift. I've been listening to Pastor John Ramirez, ex-devil worshipper, who is now a born-again Christian, equipping the body of Christ in spiritual warfare. He shares that Satan's top objectives are to, one, steal our faith, two, cause division between believers. John 10.10, Satan comes to steal, kill and destroy, but Jesus came that we would have life and life to the fullest. Jesus' number one objective, that we would have life, unity, and love. John 17, 22 to 23, Jesus says, this is Jesus speaking. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Unforgiveness and offence are Satan's main schemes for causing division. Paul talks about forgiveness in 2 Corinthians 2, 10 and 11. I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of of his schemes. Or another translation says, we are not ignorant of his schemes. Ephesians 4, 26 to 27 warns us, Do not sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. 
If anger is allowed to fester, unforgiveness gets a foothold and becomes a stronghold. It becomes a stronghold to the devil. And then bitterness springs up and defiles many. Hebrews 12, 15. New Zealand author Shirley Cunliffe has recently published this incredible book, Embracing Conflict, a beautiful New Zealand Christian author. This is a brand new release, Discovering Truth and Freedom in Relationships. Um, I've only got this far through it, but I've picked out some good bits. She shares these insights. Scriptural guidelines are given so damage can be minimised. Healing or resolution can come, or an understanding that healthy boundaries and consequences are required, and we can get on with our lives. God's way for resolving conflict with another Christian believer is to go straight to the person and discuss things with them. However, often it is the Christian's tendency to go and tell someone else who then tells someone else. This is called gossip. Sadly, many tolerate hearing one side of the story because it fits their agenda. In Proverbs 6, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, pride, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. God hates it. Triangulation occurs when an innocent bystander hears the offence by one of the parties and gets infected by his new knowledge of the so-called offender. Unless he puts a boundary in place and refuses to be party to the gossip, he can get drawn into taking sides, which is what the offended one wants. If someone comes to us wanting to share gossip about an offence or grievance, the first question to ask is, have you gone to that person and spoken to them about it? If they have not, advise them to go and speak to them directly about it and show them the scripture from Matthew 18, 15 to 17, where possible. Deter further discussion. Don't take sides and don't enter into the gossip. We need to check ourselves. Do we follow through with the guidelines in Matthew 18? Are we more scared of man than of God? If we have a fear of man problem, we need to repent and be set free. Are we able to admit when we are to blame? Are we able to humble ourselves and ask forgiveness? Are we able to repent, which actually means to stop doing it? Do we have a hidden agenda? Are our motives selfish? Is there a jealousy issue? Why? If we struggle here, we need to seek help from mature believers who will be honest with us. Sometimes 
we need reassurance that our intended course of action is correct. Confidentiality and gossip, oh, confidentiality is key. And gossip should never be a factor here. Always finish with prayer, forgiving and blessing that person. If we've done something wrong, we need to look at them in the face and say sorry. Own our own bad behaviour and say specifically what we have done wrong. This is hard, especially when good conflict resolution has not been modelled in our families. As is usually the case. In some cases, family members have even been lifelong perpetrators of abuse. However, in Jesus, we are the change makers. Or we may have wronged someone and don't want to own our mistake or do anything about it. The truth can hurt. And we may also dislike the truth that someone gave to us. But we need to go before the Lord, get insight for our healing and breakthrough. Self-examination is very important to see if there's anything needing correction or repentance in our own heart and life. Anger is our body's way of revealing we need to act. Something isn't right. A situation needs addressing when there is emotional pain. Ask God for his wisdom and guidance through scripture and prayer. If necessary, bring a godly friend and seek wise counsel. Ask ourselves why we aren't happy. And if appropriate, speak to the offender. By doing nothing, we keep ourselves and others stuck in unhealthy behaviour. Choosing to be offended is easier than confronting the issue in love, for sure. Distancing ourselves for a season can be effective. It sends a message you don't want to be around someone if the abuse, rudeness, manipulation and control continues. It also gives us emotional breathing space. Repeat offenders, especially ones that have offended in public, need to hear what the consequences will be for continued bad behaviour, so there is no misunderstanding. It's important to action those consequences when necessary. Keep your grievance central to the confrontation and don't allow distraction away from the issue raised. Bring it back. Always confront in private, but warn that you are prepared to address the issue publicly if your warnings go unheeded. After confrontation, evaluate. What did I do well? What could I improve? What did I learn about the other person? Did I give the other person space to express their side? Recapping keys from Embracing Conflict by Shirley Cunliffe. One, forgive the person straight away and bless them. But don't 
Let rude or hurtful behaviour towards you go unanswered. Always affirm the person at the onset before any confrontation. Confront the person in love with respect. Do it in a private setting. Use a kind voice and a soft face, loving the person, but not the act. Don't delay, do it quickly. Examine yourself and see if there is anything needing correction or repentance in your own heart and life. Examine how the confrontation went and what you learned. Although confrontation is not pleasant, it brings peace of mind because a matter has been dealt with and there is no unfinished business. Truth exposes darkness. Some people make history for exposing what is right, what isn't right. In Matthew 5, 7 to 12, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Matthew 6, 12 to 14, And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Matthew 7 to 12 tells us, to treat others how we would want to be treated. So we have a week to um, put anything right that's unfinished business with other people and in our lives, and then we'll have uh, communion next week, if that's okay. Do you want it now? I can get it ready. No, no, we, we need a bit of time to... Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Just in case there's something that needs um, putting right... Um, Jesus Christ um, the sinless son of God made a sacrifice once and for all for our sins he died for our sins he was raised again on the third day and he stands at the right hand of God for us until he comes again do you know the Lord If not, come out for prayer. Are you in conflict with someone and need to resolve it? Come out for prayer. Do you have a fear of confronting evils and wrongs? Come out for prayer. Ray, let's stand up. Let's stand up, everyone, and have a a stretch. And just ask the Lord if there's anything that, um, that you would like help um, to pray through. Father, search our heart. Lead us in the way everlasting. We ask in Jesus' name. We thank you that you have made us ministers of reconciliation. You have forgiven us much. 
and we uh, then offer that forgiveness to everyone else who has hurt us or offended us. Father, we ask forgiveness for the people and times that we have hurt others. In Jesus' name, Lord, help us to learn from our mistakes. Help us to resolve the damage to those relationships and restore, bring restoration into, into damaged relationships. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father. If anyone would like prayer, just come up. If anyone identifies with not wanting to confront um, conflict, uh, some people actually become non-verbal. Um, some just remove themselves from the situation. Um, that can be like it was in my life um, because of trauma, unresolved um, generational trauma, or, or from childhood. Uh, and, and the Lord wants to heal you.